0: Hi everyone and welcome to this next episode where we're going to talk about introverted horse or horse in pain. I thought I'd bring this subject up simply out of, yeah, of course my experience and you know, the algorithm picks up on things, for example, on social media, what you're looking at and I come across a few posts the past six months about horses in pain whether it's in sports or you know just general articles learning more and more about horses and I was thinking about the introvert pain thing to myself because of my experiences the past two years with my Lenny he sits a little bit in the introvert category medium spirit he's not low spirit you can get him to move his feet quite easily it's just he's not like you know a high-spirited horse that one that likes to dance around and play in front of you and unless um I explain to him that he can he's just a nice quiet sweet little horse and I went on the journey the last two and a half years of learning about him in the sense of I just knew that something was wrong and we'd gone through Helen Highwater the past year to to get that figured out and it turns out indeed he was in pain and you can listen to that story a few episodes back from this one called "Are they in pain so that's that story and uh that's also a little bit what led me to introverted horse or are they in pain so I believe, oh gosh, I'm going to go to numbers and figures again because I really hope it helps you understand. I would say 7 out of 10 horses sit in the introverted category. I believe within the first 24 hours of when horses are born, they are all extroverted. That means they're higher in spirit. They're very alert to what's going on. And they have to do that because they're a precocial species. That means from the moment they hit the earth, they're independent of themselves. That means that they have to learn to stand. They can see already. They've got four legs, which they've got to figure out pretty quickly so they can run by their mother's side. And most importantly, they need to stand on them four legs pretty quickly so that they can get the first lactate of the milk from their mother. Which contains all of the nutrients and the best stuff that they need in order for their bodies to function and get build antibodies and stuff like that. So a lot going on in the first 24 hours. That's also the imprint period. So, you know, if the mother is f- introverted, so that means lower spirited, doesn't move her feet, you know, as easy compared to a higher spirited horse, that's going to start to imprint on the baby. The baby is just like us, you know, we're an imprint of our parents in in a certain sense. We develop our own characters and our own personalities, but we all have some form of imprint of our parents in us, whether we like it or not. And, of course, the horse, the horse is with its mother 24, or the foal is 24-7 with its mother, or it should be anyway, up until weaning. And, of course, then, depending how they're raised, they could be living in an area with other foals and other mothers fantastic because the foal is also going to imprint a little bit off of the other foals and the other mothers and stuff like that or you could have a, a bit of a sad situation where them it's just the mother and foal and they're together mostly and therefore then it's making sense I hope as you listen to this that the foal is gonna pretty much become the character or a similar character to its mother. So we have different spirit levels I'm talking about here. Low spirit level, medium spirit level, and high spirit level. Low spirited horses, I tend to sit in the introverted category. And extroverted horses, I will sit in the higher spirited category. So it's a character trait. But where I find it interesting is that that number of 7 out of 10 horses sits more in the lower spirited phase you know the lower spirited category and what I've learned and seen over the years unfortunately is a good percentage of those lower spirited horses let's say 20 to 40 percent of those seven out of ten their character is actually man-made okay now, I don't want to go too much into specifics of that. I'm going to keep that to myself. But what I do want you to think about is a typical horse that has had a career where it's told to do this, told to do that, told to stand in cross ties, not allowed to move, is whipped if it's naughty, blah, 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 it's a human, uh, it's a, not a human, excuse me, it's a, sentient being, therefore, it does have a brain, therefore, they do have feelings, therefore, if you are, for the lack of better words, abused, you are going to, at a certain point, perhaps also start to shut down, start to put less effort into things, start to not care, right, so think about that if you're a horse that, I don't know, was high spirited and all the way up to the age of three or four years old was having the time of your life, moving your feet, wanting to play, wanting to do this, wanting to do that. And then the human comes along and says, nope, you're three years old, you can't do all that anymore. And then they suppress them by, I don't know, keeping them in a a stable, only letting them out for an hour a day for play. And then they use tie downs and gadgets to suppress the horse's emotions so that it kind of starts to look like it's doing the right things. But yeah, really, is it the right things suppressing the horse? And then the horse in the end does quieten down, does start to look like it's becoming disciplined because it has absolutely no choice. Therefore, the spirit level of the horse starts to drop. Okay, so spirit level... We've got to be a little bit careful of um, my explanation of that. So we've got spirit level of the innate character of the horse, low, medium, high. And then we've also got spirit in sense of well-being and feeling alive and having a life. Okay. You've heard that term also used in human terms. Her spirit was broken. She had such bad luck. Her spirit is down. That kind of thing. Well, come on. We can absolutely also have the same influence on horses. So we must make sure we are not suppressing them and that we are nurturing their innate spirit, who they are. I believe the champion, champion horses, the ones that really made it to the big time, they were high spirited. And for a while there, fortunately, and still too short-lived, the spirit level of these horses is what made them champions. And I have yet to see or know of a horse that was a champion because his high spirit was allowed him to get there, or her, not be broken eventually. Okay, it's a pretty sad thought, isn't it, but. It's their spirit that got them there, whether they're a racehorse, a dressage horse or a show jumping horse. Very far and few horses that were allowed to remain that champion into their later years. So just like us, horses, spirits can and do get broken. Now, hold on. I don't want you thinking, oh, my gosh, I've got a low spirited horse, introverted horse. Am I destroying him or her? No, that's not what I'm saying here. This is just more from an analytical point of view. I really want you to just think about my horse is lower spirited. Then you can learn perhaps how to motivate them, play with them, bring them out of this place. Learn that pressure is not going to get these horses moving. The more pressure you put on them, the more they're going to shut down, the more they're going to ignore you because they only want to stand still. And if you keep putting pressure on and that pressure goes away when they do stand still, why would they want to move forwards? Whole nother subject there, all right? What I want to talk about is also in alignment with the introverted horse is pain. If you've got a low-spirited introverted horse who... um you know, walks almost in a pace-like fashion and it's not not um, supposed to do that or, you know, wears down the toes on the hind hoofs every month or every six, eight weeks when you have the blacksmith or the trimmer, them, them heels are worn down or looks listless, you know, just... Doesn't seem to care, and just oh, there's just no life in them whatsoever. Maybe a little bit of life in them when there's food around and stuff like that. Or they, I don't know, the posture's just not right. Or they've got a pain face. There's tons of materials you can read about and learn about now about pain, um, pain signs in horses. Maybe they just look tired or whatever. My big question is, is this horse in pain? Because the horses that are a little bit higher spirited, or let's let's go back to the medium and higher spirited horses, they are, in a sense, not to everybody because it depends on your experience, a little bit harder to read if they have pain or not. Because they move their feet, because they're a willing partner, because they want to do things for, for us. Because they're full of life, they're able to hide pain better. I saw a video just yesterday of um <laughs> somebody had shared it on uh, on the, the you know the timeline of a Frisian stallion that this stud farm somewhere here in the Netherlands was really happy to just show off. Beautiful I think it was like seventeen two hands high, one meter ninety. Um, ...Friesian Stallion... ...and he was moving like the bomb... ...you know, big stridey steps... ...the way they trot them up, you know... Um, ...in hand... ...and then a video also of him pulling the... ...the, the beautiful um, cart... ...you know, to show the old-fashioned ways... ...that the Friesians did that... ...and this horse a big mover in it... ...they showed him in trot and canter... ...but when you look close at the video... His hooves were absolutely humongous. They were so big that they actually, it looked like he had gloves on his feet because it wasn't a close-up image in the videos. They kept just enough distance so that you could not zoom in on his feet. And, of course, this video potentially is viral content uh, because it already had a lot of shares and a lot of comments on the horse's feet. Now, this is a high-spirited stallion doing all of these beautiful amazing movements and things and to my eye looking pretty sound um but not showing any signs of pain now surely if the hooves have been allowed to get that long so long guys and girls that it 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 just looks like he's got extensions on his feet surely there's pain in there there has to be and if the feet have been left like that there must be thrush and stuff you know going on some horses are just able to hide it and this is when we have to really learn how to get good not paranoid but get good at looking at and reading our horses it's super important I say don't get paranoid because again, <laughs> sometimes people are like, oh, and they get in, get into a little bit of a panic. Oh, I'm not sure if I'm able to see, it oh, blah, blah, blah. It's like, no, give yourself time and just really question and be open to things. So my beautiful Lenny, he lives in a group of boys only, just boys. That's the way it is. And uh, I don't really have a choice about that. Um, and it's really fine how huh? the boys get on really well. But I believe because they're boys living among boys they hide things they keep secrets you know they have to man up a little bit if I show any pain then I'm going to be a little bit lower in hierarchy and stuff like that and I really saw that in my Lenny um, when he had the pain in his stifle um, it wasn't visible uh, to the eye so to speak unless you know he was put for example on a figure eight or on a small circle that you could see, hmm, there was some indifference in his stride. We had to use an app to analyse that. It wasn't until we identified the exact location of his pain spot that he let go. You could see it in his eyes. He was like, oh, you found it. Oh, thank God for that. I still have to, um, you know, not show that to my boys. But I'm glad you know. And he let me know this by allowing me to do my what I call my decode therapy. So I use air acupressure to kind of pick up on pain response there. I also use a red light torch, which is also another form of acupressure where you're using the non-harmful rays of the sun to send signals to specific locations so that the brain can send all the little soldiers it needs to that location to help it heal that's really a dummified modified <laughs> explanation of that by the way just those two things and I could see in his eye and its expression and the way his ears listened back towards me that I knew now where this pain was and lo and behold he still covered it up covered it up in his hurt covered it up in his works and stuff like that but what I did see was you know a lack in motivation just something was out of sync therefore my little sweet low to medium spirited horse had become more low spirited and his expressionism and his interactions with me and his play and his work was lower it was not as much as it has been in the past and that was what you know kicked me into the research and to figuring out what was wrong with him Now, very easy for me to sit here and kick myself up my backside and really blame myself and use the blame game and, oh, you could have done this better and you could have done that better. I'm just not going to do that because in my new way of working and being on this planet, my mindset absolutely is important. And if my mindset starts to go off questioning myself on the old guilt quest, I'm not going to be the best I can be for my horse. So what I do is I learn from it and I move on. And that, my friends, is what I suggest we do with every single thing in our lives, not just with the horses. So introverted horse or are they in pain? that particular, yeah, title, sentence sticks out the most in my mind because the introverted horse is also can hide pain but from my experience and from my actually really looking at them they also show it share it easier and that is simply in their expression the way they move the way they walk and stuff like that and a higher spirited horse is going to be a little bit harder unless there are periods in its life where uh, a higher spirited horse is able to rest Then you can pay attention, for example, to expression when they're, you know, so relaxed that they can allow themselves to be a little bit vulnerable for a moment. And then you can look at, for example, the hind legs resting. Do they rest one hind leg for a real long period and not the other? Or do they interchange each hind leg, the resting hind leg equally? That's fantastic if they do. Or do they keep switching them super fast? Because this can be a sign of either uncom- discomfort. Maybe they're trying to relax, but they're a little bit have a little bit discomfort in their environment that day. If it's something that's occurring daily, it means they could have something they're not comfortable with in their environment on a daily basis. But more importantly, it can be a huge indicator. That the horse has pain. If a horse has constant watery poop. You know, diarrhoea. This is not good. This is a sign that something is going on. It might be the most flamboyant, high-spirited horse. And able to do the most amazing things. But if it's it's got diarrhoea or watery poop. This is not a good sign Please, please, please get that checked. It will not go away by itself, especially if it's a long-term thing. And my gosh, this is something where I sometimes wish I had spoken up. I have seen and witnessed from experience horses that had on and off watery diarrhoea over a period of a couple of years and then they end up put to sleep. It really is a sign that there's something going on. It could be sand buildup. It could be tumour. It could be gut imbalance. It could be an infection of the intestines. It can be many, many things. It can be the hay that you're feeding. It can be an allergy. This does cost research and it does cost time, but we are also talking about the longevity of our horse and it is an indication that something is wrong. It might not be given... A direct pain response to the horse, but there is indeed something going on. And to be honest, if we have constant diarrhea, we ourselves feel you know the side effects of that. You're going to have a sore belly, you know, you're going to not feel 100% well, you're going to be lethargic, you're going to be thirsty, you're going to have to stay hydrated, all of these things, and therefore. It applies also to the horse because biologically we are made up similarly, similarly to that effect. Going back to the, are they in pain? Uh, because they're uh, because they're introverted, or are they more introverted because they're in pain? This I can't, of course, give direct answers on, but I do encourage you to seek the expert help of those professionals out there that are available to do so. It can start with just a phone call today. It can start with just reading resources. And of course, you can't believe everything you read on the Internet. But my gosh, is there some useful, helpful things out there today? My advice is to go on to websites that, you know, really are fluctuating businesses run by veterinarians that really are offering good, hands-on, free advice. Do your research. Don't just take it from a a Google search where there, you know, you have, if I do a Google search for diarrhea in horses and then, for example, in Google it will give me options of subjects related to that with a little bit of text underneath. You must have seen that. It's got like a little drop-down arrow um, and it will give you options. That information there, mm, I wouldn't trust it as a reliable resource, but if you go on to actual websites, forums, Facebook groups stuff like that where you can really interact with people that have this information for real and experience then you're going to be um, you know a lot more successful and comfortable in your findings and your own new knowledge that you are acquiring about that so in my in closing I just want to mention that my teaching uh, the way I teach interact play work and um, do everything that I do really with horses and and their people is evolving and constantly changing and um I just want to pay attention more and more now to you know the more introverted lower spirited horse and just quest one of the big questions that I ask myself first and then over time depending on the human's confidence in me and our relationship and what's actually going on with that horse then I will politely in one way or another ask them does the horse have pain because um, <laughs> as a sad fact as it is in the past now where, where I've actually asked this question to the horse's human it turns out in fact that they did and uh, yeah it's quite confronting um because in the past I would have perhaps handled a low-spirited introverted horse a little bit differently in the sense of you know and this is where my training has changed now is the horse being disrespectful is am I being a good leader all of that stuff yeah it applies in certain ways but when I'm handling an introverted low-spirited horse now mm mm that that's that's a completely different pathway now we really must look at the whole horse first know its history and then we can move into the present time where hopefully we feed a better future for that horse so I've got tons more I could talk about but the podcast is pushing up to 25 minutes now and I promised myself I would keep these podcasts pretty short and I get a lot of good feedback from you about how you appreciate the shortness of the podcast because you like to listen to them on journeys and trips to the stables and back and stuff like that. So that really helps and uh, maybe in the future I'll do um, longer timed podcasts where i can really delve deeper into subjects but for now i'm going to keep this short and um i really hope you found this interesting and you tune in next friday for the next subjects and in closing i also like to wish you a wonderful day or evening wherever you are You have been listening to Zoe's Horse Bites podcast. Powered by Get Good With Horses Courses and Online Training Academy by Zoe Code.